Christmas Eve 1914 came to be called the Christmas Truce. Surprising most of those buried knee-deep in muck, stuck in the trenches, this impromptu ceasefire was a blessed break for the war-stricken men. The war had begun just six months earlier, and most soldiers figured it would be over quickly and they'd be home with their friends and family in time for the holidays. Not only would the war drag on for four more years, but it proved to be the bloodiest conflict ever up to that time. The Industrial Revolution provided the ability to pump out devastating machines, including not just new wartime planes, but guns that could fire hundreds of rounds per minute. Bad news on both sides had left soldiers with plummeting morale. There was a devastating Russian defeat in Tannenberg in August 1914, and the German losses in the Battle of Marne a week later. Not surprising, soldiers were losing their strength and gumption to fight. While the soldiers were huddling in the cold trenches surrounded by their fallen brethren, be it from bullets or trench illnesses, Christmas was quickly approaching. One soldier, British machine gunner Bruce Barron's father of the 1st Battalion of the Royal Warwickshire Regiments, later a prominent cartoonist, wrote in his memoirs that he was spending the holiday eve shivering in the muck, trying to keep warm. He spent a good part of the past few months fighting the Germans, crouching in a trench that stretched just three feet deep by three feet wide. An endless cycle of sleeplessness and fear, stale biscuits and cigarettes too wet to light. He stated, at about 10 p.m. I listened. Away across the field, among the dark shadows beyond, I could hear the murmur of voices. He turned to a fellow soldier in his trench and said, do you hear the Germans kicking up that racket over there? Amazingly enough, the Germans were singing carols as it was Christmas Eve. In the darkness, some of the British soldiers began to sing back. Not long after, Baron's father and some fellow soldiers heard strange shoutings from across the field. Speaking in thick German accents, the men were shouting, come over here. Baron's father and his men only agreed to do so if they met halfway and unarmed. Meeting in the barbed wire riddled, carcass-covered battleground, they shook hands and traded drinks and cigarettes. Another British soldier named John Ferguson recalled it this way. Here we were, laughing and chatting to men whom only a few hours ago before we were trying to kill. Normally, the British and Germans communicated across no man's land with mines, bullets, and bombs, with only occasional gentlemanly allowances to collect the dead. But at the first light of dawn on Christmas Day, some German soldiers emerged from their trenches and approached the Allied lines across no man's land, calling out, Merry Christmas, in their enemy's native tongues. This event was recorded in many soldiers' journals, showing that this Christmas truce was not confined to that one battlefield. Starting on Christmas Eve, small pockets of French, German, Belgian, and British troops held impromptu ceasefires across the Western Front, with reports of some on the Eastern Front as well. German Lieutenant Kurt Zemisch of the 134 Saxons Infantry, a school teacher who spoke both English and German, also described a pickup soccer game in his diary which was discovered in an attic near Leipzig in 1999, written in an archaic German form of shorthand. Eventually, the English brought a soccer ball from their trenches, and pretty soon a lively game ensued, he wrote. How marvelously wonderful, yet how strange it was. The English officers felt the same way about it. This Christmas, the celebration of love, 
managed to bring mortal enemies together as friends for a time. Unfortunately, not even this could go untainted. At least one account has survived of a Christmas truce gone bad, the story of Private Percy Huggins, a Briton who was relaxing in no man's land with the enemy when a sniper shot to the head killed him and set off more bloodshed. The sergeant who took Huggins' place, hoping to avenge his death, was then himself picked off and killed. Some accounts of the Christmas truce hold that the soldiers were punished for associating with enemies, and top command issued orders that it should never happen again. For the rest of the war, a conflict that would ultimately claim roughly 15 million lives, no other Christmas truces appear to have occurred. But in 1914, these curious holiday get-togethers reminded all those involved that wars were fought not by forces, but by human beings. The so-called Christmas truce of 1914 came only six months after the outbreak of war in Europe, and was one of the last examples of the outdated notion of chivalry between enemies in warfare. It was never repeated. Future attempts at holiday ceasefires were quashed by officers' threats of disciplinary action, but it served as a heartening proof, however brief, that beneath the brutal clash of weapons, the soldiers' essential humanity endured, and not even the qualms of war could stop the spirit of Christmas. <laughs>